Evan, what's going on, Vort? Not much, not much. Uh, I had a funny, random, uh, true dark side of thought that I cannot wait to share with you. That just as dark side or jet as it gets. Obviously, with the whole coronavirus still uh, going on, uh, some players are testing positive, some players are missing games. And out of the blue, the thought just hits me. I know what's going to happen with the luck of the Jets fan. The coronavirus is going to pick up. They're going to cancel the season. And instead of awarding the Jets the number one pick, there's going to be some kind of retarded lottery. And the Jets are going to end up at like the eighth or ninth pick in the draft. I thought you were going in a direction that the Jets were going to have uh, somebody in the other team sit out and they were going to win because of no that's not going to help unless the whole team sits out the Jets don't have a chance but as I was sitting in my car I'm like what can make this season any worse it'll be like the Knicks they they always have the most balls and they always end up with the third or fourth pick well it depends how many players are available if there's two great ones the Knicks will get three if there's one great one the Knicks will get two of course so I just it just made me chuckle and I was like you know what that's a true dark side of thought and I just had to bring it up yeah well it's a good way to start so I had a little funny thing to start it off. I'm sure you've seen it as well that um, when Trevor Lawrence, you know, has COVID, so he didn't play yesterday. But when he was walking into the stadium, there were some Jet fans there who did the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chant at him. Did you hear about that? I did not. I like the first time the recruiting process. I like it. Second thing on my agenda real quick is Jamal Adams is getting his ass kicked. Teams are going at him. He's not good in coverage. And he's now become almost a liability for the Seahawks. I, I just find that humorous. Everybody thought this was going to put the Seahawks over the top. And they're actually, you know, on a points per game basis. They're better without him than they are with him. This this is definitely making me eat my words because I thought this guy was on track and had the potential. And I, I have to be honest, I don't want to be one of those guys that said, oh, good for him. It was really hard on me when he was traded. I was a huge fan because of the way he spoke, the way he led. It was just nice to see somebody who was uh, at that point in time really committed to the Jets, to winning all those things that we like and we want from our young players. But the reason I also backed him so much is in my eyes, at least the way he was looking early on for the Jets, we were talking about the potential of Troy Palomalu and Ed Reed, one of the better safeties in the league, if not the best safety in the league. Obviously, it doesn't make sense to commit so much money to a safety during the rebuild. Had to let him go. But seeing this now, wow, the guy is just, uh, like you said, a liability. Definitely not the, the top safety in the game. So that makes it, I don't know if it's fucked up to say, but I am a Jet fan and it certainly makes the move a little bit easier to stomach now looking back at it. Well, considering they have two number one picks and, and a third one, um, you know, a, a third third round pick. Yeah. Um, I, I I was kind of lukewarm on the trade. I didn't carry the way. I thought the guy was too much of a loud mouth. I don't think a safety is a premium position that you pay, like you mentioned. So I was okay with getting that kind of haul. If you want to have a dark side of thought, then uh, all these kids who didn't play in college, the Jets will have a tough time deciding who to pick if they don't get that number one pick. And thankfully, they are, they are well on track. Um, everybody that had one win, one today, except for Jacksonville. So that's the one team we have to watch out for. But the Jets now have a full two-game lead on everybody else. I love that we're talking about losses and talking about having a two-game lead. One other item before we start to delve into it a little bit more. Uh, Jim Harbaugh talk is starting to heat up. There's a lot of stuff going on that Jim Harbaugh is going to is ready to come back to the NFL and wants to, uh, you know, I don't know if he has any desire to come to the Jets, but there's all this kind of talk that the Jets will go after him. I have no idea if it's a legitimate talk or if it's just fans being wishful thinking, but I figure it's at least worth mentioning. I mean, what are your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh coming? I would be all in and twice on Sunday. I'm very high on him. I, I think he did a fantastic job in the 49ers. I don't judge him as much. The, the big thing has been, oh, look, his, the luster wore off and he went to Michigan. But I don't equate the pro game to the college game. Recruiting, all that nonsense. He might be a good X's and O's guy. He might be a good personnel guy, but but just not be the best recruiter in the world. He's not getting all those blue chip guys. So I don't put that much stock when the Michigan loses a few games in college. 
I love him. I think he will wear out his welcome after about four or five years. He's one of those guys that's perfect for a losing team. He comes in, he cleans up the locker room, he cleans up the culture, the team starts winning games. But I do think he's one of those guys that he's a little bit harder to deal with than his brother who who has shown fantastic longevity in Baltimore. So I think he's one of those guys that when the team turns around and starts winning, and unless you win the Super Bowl, his harping kind of gets old and they might tune him out. That's obviously getting way, way ahead of myself because we're talking three, four years, maybe longer. But uh, <laughs> but if he is uh, if he's on a menu, he's one of the first names I'm looking at for the Jets. If he's available, I would certainly love to have him. You know, I was on the fence only because of that wearing out the welcome thing in four years. So I'm glad you mentioned that because at first I, I, I was like, oh, my God, Vort wants him here. He's all in on it. But you did work your way around to that. So I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I guess, you know, I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. I want that quarterback who's going to have us there every year. You know, the other thing I want is some coaching longevity. And I want the Mike Tomlins and the, you know, the Bill Belichicks. I want a guy who's going to Pete Carroll. I want a guy who's going to be here for eight, 10 years and and be able to live through everything and put it through a rebuild and, and just constantly be, give the consistency and build the culture. I would take Harbaugh. He's, he's certainly turned the Jets around. And if we have a shot to win a Super Bowl in three or four years because of him, then who the hell am I at 51 years of age already talking about dying before they win one? Who am I to talk about? <laughs> like that so i I have to say yeah you actually just gave me a light bulb moment as you were saying like literally a light bulb went up uh you used the word uh, that really jumped out rebuild i think uh, that's the perfect description of him he's a coach that'll come in he will build super bowl afc championship game playoffs whatever it is he will build and once that cycle ends and he has to rebuild that's when i think is the end of the line for him he's not a Belichick, a Tomlin, the names that you mentioned, the Sean Paytons, he won't be able to go through a rebuild. I think he'll come in, he'll take his set of players, he'll build them up, and the whatever their ceiling is, whatever they get to in three, four years, that'll be the end of those players' cycle, and that'll be the end of him as a coach as well. He has one cycle in him, but at the same time, when you look at the coaching cycle in the NFL period and all of pro sports, for every Bill Belichick, for every Mike Tomlin, there are coaches who, whose longevity is two, three, four years, so it's it's the norm as long as four, five years get us one or two winning seasons where you make a legitimate run at a championship or at least a Super Bowl appearance, I'm okay with that. I just don't want like the Parcells thing where he comes in, he turns things around, thing look, things look great, and then he runs out the door and hands it off to an assistant coach who he thought was going to be the guy, which was Belichick, and then they ended up with Al Groh who ran out after a year. If we can make that lightning in a bottle approach work, I'm all for it. Give it a shot. Why not? Who Again, who the hell am I to stare at a potential Super Bowl win and, and say, no way, that's not the way I want it done. I mean, I, I would take a Super Bowl win if the if every other team in the league got COVID and the Jets would only help <laughs> It's a, it's a Super Bowl win, you know? I just hope he can get it done before he wears out the welcome and we're not going through another coaching carousel again. That's that's the only thing. Okay, so that's the hardball thing. All right, now, some thoughts on today. I watched football. You know, there were two games on at 1 o'clock, and then there was the Steelers and Cowboys on, and they had highlights of every other game. I don't have the direct TV package. Why does every other team in the NFL look like they are trying really hard and they're actually playing a different game than the Jets? There's a significant amount of teams in the NFL right now that have rookie or very young quarterbacks, certainly guys that have been around less time than Sam Darnold and weren't as highly touted, who all look like they're trying and, and the offense runs smoothly and it doesn't look like the absolute shit show that the Jets are. How, how does that happen all the time? Well, stop me if you heard this one before. I agree with you. And yes, that's it. It's exactly where I was going. It's uh, To me, it's on coaching because I feel the same way. I watch teams, losing teams, rebuilding teams. There is effort. 
there is almost and again i don't watch the other teams as much as i do the jets but when i do it's almost like you can sense there's direction there is an agenda there is an idea there is a plan being executed that we are not winning today but every snap every game it's a building process and it's a building process towards winning and always heading in the right direction perfect example for me this season is the miami dolphins the team tanked last year and look five and three and could have easily lost the season when they decided they were doing okay with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they said, no, we have a young quarterback. He's healthy. He's had a little bit of time on the bench to sit and observe. Now we want to see what he's got health-wise and what his potential is as a starter in the NFL. The Jets, and that's why we go back every almost every podcast to Adam Gase. They don't look inspired. They don't look interested. They don't look hungry. Forget everything. Exactly, exactly. Forget everything you want to see from a team that's on the right track. They don't show me anything that I want to see from a team going in the right direction. The head coach, and you said that I don't want to steal your line. You have to know your X's and O's. That's a given. You have to be a motivational figure. The players have to respond to you. They want to play for you. They want to fight for your job because they enjoy playing for you. And I don't see that on the Jets. I don't care what people say. I don't care what Gase says that the players back me. I don't care what the players say because he is the coach and I completely understand their perspective. It's not often you're going to see unless you're a mega, mega superstar and which the Jets don't have, who in the Jets is going to come up to the podium and say, our coaching is atrocious? Who is going to do what J.J. Watt did with Bill O'Brien and call him out in practice? And Nobody. So they're kind of just uh, towing the company line. We're going to show up. We're going to put on the shoulder pads. We're going to play. We're going to get our brains beat in. And then we get to do it again the next Sunday. I like my paycheck. I, I was going to make two points, and the Dolphins are one of them. And, and opposite end of the spectrum, you have the Dolphins, who got rid they didn't get rid of but they took out Fitzpatrick who you know Fitzpatrick if he's if he's looking like he did early in the year and he did last year could have led them to a 9 and 7 10 and 6 record they they went with the rookie quarterback and more importantly they built a a game plan to protect that rookie quarterback so that the rookie I mean he hasn't done much it's not like he's lighting up the league I mean at one point I looked he had 159 yards and a touchdown but the Dolphins managed to put up 34 points I didn't look at his final stats but he not he did not have a lot to do with their first 24 points so there's that you know then you look at the other one the other example complete opposite end of the spectrum the Cowboys right the Cowboys going with a fourth string quarterback not even a third string not a backup a fourth string quarterback who's you know who they, they probably found hanging out at the local Chipotle and they they're playing the, the undefeated Steelers. They, the Steelers looking like easily like the best team in the league. They're steamrolling everybody. They, they beat the Ravens pretty well last week. 7-0 and coming into the game. And the Cowboys nearly beat them. That's your two opposite ends of the spectrum. And both make the Jets look like the atrocity that they are. It's not even just the player's motivation. And it's probably related to it. But it is just the fact that that there is never any time spent, it doesn't seem like it anyway, any time spent on trying to attack weaknesses or protect our own weaknesses against other teams' strengths. It's like we just go out there with a game plan and stick to it no matter what, no matter game situation or anything else, and these guys look grossly unprepared. Bingo. Yeah, when you sit and watch other football teams and you have these young players or old players or any players just hitting holes hard and and trying to fight for extra yards. And, you know, when you see that on the Jets, you're like, wow, that guy made a nice play. No, he's doing what he's supposed to do. The rest of the time, they just freaking, they suck. You're really on your game with bringing up really interesting points tonight. Another thing that you said that just really stuck out is the Jets, it almost feels like when I watch the Jets, they're not preparing for the opponent. 
It's uh, Adam Gase is like, this is our game plan. This is what we're going to do. There is no preparation of, listen, this week we're playing a, hev- a, a blitzing team. This week we're playing a team with a weak secondary. This week is the team that's going to attack us with a deep ball. It's, I don't give a shit who we're playing. We're going to, we're so good and so dominant. We're going to impose our will on the other team. Before we jump into the prediction, I had uh, a little bit of downtime and I was, I knew we were going to do the podcast. So I was thinking about the Jets. Here's what I wrote on Facebook earlier today. <laughs> okay. This season summarizes the life of a Jets fan. All they wanted for almost 20 years is for Tom Brady to leave the division. Beating him was not on the, on the agenda. Just wait him out. And finally, we did. Brady has left us, and the Patriots are terrible. Only two wins. But the Jets are not to be outdone and raise the stakes by winning zero games. We're once again on the lookout for a franchise quarterback. In the meantime, the Bills have built a top team with a terrific coach and a franchise quarterback from the same draft class as the Jets' latest washout, and the Dolphins, who already managed to tank and start improving and rebuilding with a new coach who has the full support of a young team and their own young franchise quarterback just starting his career. The Jets will just wait it out. People talked about the Jets being able to compete for the division this year with Brady out of there, and they were half right. They were half right that the Patriots wouldn't be good, but that right there is the same old Jets. Before we do predictions, a couple of quick Facebook posts. You know, I like to do this. And- Absolutely. One of my favorite segments now. So, so I see a post about all the missed players that the Jets had in drafts over the years, and you know, the last 10 years, guys, Jets could have had. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. You know, the drafts have been terrible. Who could they have taken instead? So, you know, Darrell Rivas was drafted, whatever, number nine, 12. And uh, you know, there's no arguing he is, not was, is one of the best players in the league. And the Jets could have had Dwayne Bowe. And I'm like, wait a second, when the fuck is this article written? And I go and look, it's an article from 2012. He posts an article this week from, from 2012. It's a reminder of just how bright the Jets fans can be. All right, next one. I know everyone here is a Sam Donald fan. If that's the case, what do you guys think about Gilmore for the first round trade pick? Like Tide Law would be a great Patriots Jets trade, just saying. Do we even touch this one or is just like it speaks for itself? Let's touch it for one second. I just want to make one point. You want to trade a first round pick to a division opponent? I mean, I'm sure they're talking about the late pick, certainly not the number one pick, but come on, man. What I realized from numerous conversations with you is uh, numerous Jets fans, especially the frustrated and illogical ones, they treat the Jets as a video game. Hey, let's trade Sam Darnold for Tom Brady, two first round picks and LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, yeah. Like one of those things. Uh, they don't have zero reality to their arguments. So it's kind of, I take it with a grain of salt. We have a little segment, we laugh at it, but... I don't put too much stock into their logic. Well, it is hilarious. I am actually laughing like inside my head out loud that you bring up video games because the next post might be the most ridiculous one of all. Are you ready? Let's I do want it. to sign a petition to get Becton's Madden rating from 94 to 99. That's really important. The guy's Madden rating is not high enough. So you, as a rookie at 94, I don't remember Madden much, but for a rookie to be 94, I think that's pretty good. Now they want a petition going for 99. Okay, uh, two more real quick. Call me crazy if you want, but how about talking Romo in to coaching us crazy finally this one this one's great i'm getting tired of this conversation <laughs> so he posts about it anyway hypothetically if we're 0 and 15 and jacksonville is 1 and 14 with the tiebreaker going into the last week of the season do you want to beat new england or lose to them how is this even a question me who just a week or two ago when i was crying on your shoulder saying i don't want to go winless even i'm bright enough to understand that if the other team has one win and has a tiebreaker on us i will do everything in my power to secure that number one pick i mean at 0 and 15 the moral victory 
victory does you no good. You just take the 0-16, secure your number one pick, and run. Let's do some game predictions. I will go first since I have no feel for the game whatsoever. I could see the Jets winning. I could see New England winning a close one. I could see the New England blowing them out. The only thing I can't see is the Jets blowing them out. So I am going to just say that since the Jets are so bad, and there is no shot in hell that Bill Belichick is going to start throwing games this early in the season that the Patriots will win. I say they will win somewhat handily. I'm going to say, you know, like eight to 10 points. Wouldn't be surprised if it was 12. Wouldn't be surprised if it was 30, but I'm going to say Patriots win in a somewhat low scoring game. Um, let's say 23 to 13. So uh, we're pretty much on the same page. My As soon as I started thinking about the game, obviously the first thought was, well, the Patriots are struggling right now they're struggling pretty bad so no thought of winning entered my mind the the first thought was well this is not the team that should blow us out of course it is the patriots it is bill belichick and he is looking to gain as much positive momentum as he can so i believe if the chance is there they will step on the jets throat and they will beat them by 30 points i just don't think the team has enough in them i thought the patriots are gonna win a close one maybe something like seven to eight point range but the more i thought about it I just believe that uh, I realized I don't have enough belief in the Jets putting up enough points to have it a close one. I think if you uh, if you give the Patriots enough possessions, with the, which the Jets will do, because their offense will not sustain drives, eventually, whether it's uh, early in the second half or a little bit later in the second half, the Patriots will break away. I see it a two-touchdown victory, something in the range of 27-13 or 28-16, to something in that range. But for my... For my prediction, uh, I'll say 27-16. That's going to be a surprise to me if the Jets lose by less than two touchdowns, simply because it is Belichick, and I believe he enjoys beating the piss out of the Jets. Uh, but I believe the talent is a little bit short this year, so he'll have to settle for just a comfortable double-digit victory, but not a complete blowout. Like a black guy instead of beating the piss out of him. I <laughs> All right, so let's do some over-under stuff. Um, do the Jets score an offensive touchdown this week? I believe it's an offensive touchdown based on one good special teams play meaning they will manage uh, to pin the patriots deep uh they will manage to get a stop uh, and after a punt whether it's a good return or just a good field position but i i see their touchdown drive being in the range of uh, 50 to 55 yards no longer than that but i will go with an offensive touchdown for the jets just one and only i think the jets will get an offensive touchdown i think it will be early in the game because i think the pattern continues where the jets do not do anything in the second half. So I'll go in one offensive touchdown. And they'll settle for two other field goals and score 13 points. Will the Jets gain more total net yards in the first half or the second half? Oh, it's a no-brainer. First half goes back to what we talk about Adam Gase. He, out coaching. Uh, when you're out coached, a lot of it happens during halftime adjustments. So I believe the Jets will definitely gain more yards in the first half than in the second. Okay. Sam Darnold over or under 200 yards? Under. Under. You didn't even hesitate. Under. under. No, no. Uh, I knew where the question was going you could have said 50 yards and i would have said under but uh no the i have to see him throw for 200 yards to believe that the the jets are capable of putting him in a position to throw for over 200 yards because if you can't do it in the games you're being blown out and are throwing the ball um actually you know what not only am i gonna say under i'm gonna i'm gonna say less than 10 passing yards and you know i'm gonna say that because the latest report i read today sam darnold will not be playing tomorrow it's gonna be joe flacco I totally yeah, forgot I about that. That was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, wow. So I'm going to say definitely less than 200 yards for Darnold and less than 200 yards for Flacco. We'll finish the, finish the over-unders and then we'll talk a little bit about Darnold not playing. But Okay, so what was the other thing I wanted to do? Um, 
Oh, shit. All right, I forgot. There was something I was thinking of during that, that whole over-under thing. While you're trying to remember, let me ask you one thing. Uh, who has the biggest game for the Patriots? I am going to go with Cam Newton because he has not played well, and he's due. I know that's a stupid thing to do, but he hasn't played well at all. He is he is capable of big games, and you know the Jets are certainly very obliging when it comes to guys getting off the schneid, so to speak. I see it very similar, but just to not agree on everything we do on this damn podcast, I'm going to say James White. James, okay. I mean, he hasn't been hurt from much this year, but they, that would be a perfect opportunity to uh, blow up on the, against the Jets as well. So, okay. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say, so let's just skip it. The uh Flacco thing here. Do you think Flacco gives the Jets an advantage now that he's been around a little bit longer, has time to quote unquote game plan a little more, or is it going to be more of the same? He's going to look even worse than Sam. I think he's going to look even worse or basically be what we saw from Sam. I was under the impression that he might do okay the first chance he got when Darnold missed a few games with an injury. And what we saw from Flacco was basically the same dumpster fire we saw from Darnold. I'm a broken record. I know it's annoying, but it's coaching. So when I have no faith in coaching and ingenuity and original of the offense. I think Flacco is going to be a sitting duck. He's not a mobile quarterback. It's not like he can give you a different set of tools that Darnold doesn't bring to the table. It's not like he can break off a run. Like I look at a veteran like Cam Newton and if a play breaks down, he can still run for a first down. A different set of tools than Darnold. Flacco is the same set of tools, a pocket passer. In my opinion, he was never anything to Never anything that's great, but not to digress. No, I don't think uh, he's going to look much better than uh, Darnold has in, in the games he started. I uh, remember what I was going to say, but it's completely moot because it was about Darnold. I was going to go under 200 yards and agree with you because I think that um, the whole seeing ghost thing from last year, clearly the Patriots know how to game plan against quarterbacks, and I kind of think that they would probably tie him up into knots a little bit. All right, well, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I guess we'll, we can do one late tomorrow night if you're up to it. You sound like you're sick, man. You okay? Just a little cold. Nothing we can... Uh, or, or or the first stages of COVID. We'll find out more tomorrow. But I'm definitely up to doing a late one tomorrow and discussing yet another Jets loss. All right, well, feel better, man, and uh, we'll catch up tomorrow then. Talk to you tomorrow. Later. Later.